This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Well, good morning, New Life. My name's Christy, and for those of you who haven't met me yet, I'm married to Joel, and we have two tween teenage daughters. Um, We moved here from Canada in January, And we are super excited to be here in Petaluma, despite all the crazy things that are happening in the world right now. Um, You know, this is my first time teaching at New Life this morning, and it's an exciting step. It feels like the first step on this journey of many new years and seasons to come. And I'm so grateful to be on this journey together with you. Um, This week, we are continuing in our Life Hack series. We're talking about how God's character is full of these amazing qualities. And when you and I have a relationship with Him, we actually become like Him in those qualities. And God produces these amazing qualities in in us. And it's a series where um, we've been unpacking the ultimate life hack. So Ron taught a few weeks ago this principle that if we're short on fruit, we go to the root. So in other words, we let God produce the good things that we need in our lives. And so we're just going to get right to it this morning. So I hope you're ready. We're going to jump into this together. We're going to go straight to Galatians 5, our main passage this morning. And it says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So would you join me real quick in prayer as we get started? God, we, we love that these fruits are who you are. They are part of your character, God. And we ask this morning that you would take these qualities and that you would produce them within us so that we can reflect your love to others as well. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I have a question for you. Have you ever tried giving someone advice for something that you've never actually done yourself? Kind of a funny question. Well, our pool recently opened in our complex and so my family and I during this quarantine time we've just been loving swimming getting our vitamin d getting our sunshine and I took my kids down to the pool last week and there was the cutest little three-year-old boy swimming around in the pool he had his life vest on his floaties he was in an inner tube and he's swimming uh, around the pool and he was just absolutely adorable and also absolutely precocious And so my daughter, who is 11, um, was swimming around the pool near him, and he started chatting with her, and he he started calling out to her, hey, hey, kid, hey, you, kick your feet like this. Um, Why are you going under the water when you swim? You know, swim like this. Look at me. Swim like me. And he was just, it was hilarious, because it's like this three-year-old boy who has never swam in his life giving advice to my daughter, Brooklyn, who's been swimming in the pool now for years. And it was just absolutely hilarious and adorable. And Brooklyn and I just kind of looked at each other and giggled at his swimming advice. Um, 
And it's funny because kids think that they're experts on everything, don't they? Even if they don't have the life experience to back it up. And if we're honest, it's not just kids who act like this. We do it too. And so many of us try to produce the fruit of God in our lives without experiencing God for ourselves first. How many of you know that you have to receive the message of Jesus for yourself first before you can share it with others? You have to experience being loved by God first before you can truly love others the way God does. You have to experience the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness of God for yourself first before these qualities can be produced in your life. So my question for you this morning is this, have you experienced these things for yourself? Or are you trying to produce something that you've only seen from afar? Because you and I, we can do that to an extent. Uh, you know, we can do it on our own. But the thing of it is, is we, if we try to do it on our own, we're always going to run into the limitations of ourselves. And the ultimate life hack this morning is that these are things that God wants to produce in us. And he is not limited by our limitations. So this morning, we're going to talk about faithfulness. Um, we're pulling out faithfulness off that list of beautiful character traits. And we're going to camp out here this morning. So have you, can you think of a time where you have experienced God's faithfulness in your life? And you might be thinking, like, Christy, how do I experience God's faithfulness? I mean, like, what does that even look like in real life? How do I identify God's faithfulness in my journey? Well, I would say identifying God's faithfulness starts with discovering who he is. And whenever we are looking to know who God is and what he looks like, we look to his words. Just like if you wanted to get to know me better and you would spend time with me, listening to me, listening to what I have to say. And it's the same way with God. God gave us the scriptures to help us see who he is. And these, these are his words for you. These are his words that are true and trustworthy and they light up the path of life before us. God has given us the scriptures. They are meant to encourage you. They are meant to build you up. They are meant to transform you into the person that God created you to be. So when it comes to identifying God's faithfulness, the scriptures tell us a few things. In Psalm 139, it says, wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. Psalm 144 says, there is only one strong, safe, and secure place for me. It's in God alone, and I love him. He's the one who gives me strength and skill for the battle. He's my shelter of love and my fortress of faith, who wraps himself around me as a secure shield. I hide myself in this one who subdues enemies before me. And Psalm 146 says, He made heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. 
he keeps every promise forever. And there are a million other passages like this in scripture. These are just a few that I happened to read this last week. But this is God's way of saying, I love you. I will be faithful to you. You can trust me. And once we hear God's words about his faithfulness, the way that you and I experience them for ourselves is that we accept them as true through faith. A faith that would read verses like this and say, yeah, God, like I believe that you love me. I believe that you're for me. I believe that you're going to be faithful to me. I believe that you'll keep your promises to me. But the tricky thing is, is that faith requires trust. Trust that even when we can't see him, even when we can't feel him, he's working behind the scenes. And you might be thinking, Christy, like I seriously can't think of a time when God was faithful to me. Like maybe I've had good moments in the past, um, but my life right now is so hard. And I wanna speak to those of you who are in the valley right now, who are in a deep valley. The valley is not your destination. The valley is what God is going to use to make a way for something new. So if you are feeling like your prayers are going unanswered or God isn't doing anything about your problems, sorry, I get a little bit emotional. <laughs> it's just me. Um, I know what it feels like to feel that way, but God is actually working behind the scenes, bringing all the pieces of your life together to fulfill his plan. If God is saying no or he's quiet, it's not because he doesn't care. It's not because he's forgotten about me. It's because maybe it's not good for me or maybe it's not good for me yet. Or maybe God has something better in mind for me altogether because God sees the bigger picture. He sees things that we can't see. So when God says no or wait, it's actually because something greater is on the way. I remember when um, my family and I, we moved to Canada seven years ago, and we felt so clearly called by God um, to move there. And we took this gigantic leap of faith. You know, I'm a California girl, I'm a beach girl. I don't belong in the snow. <laughs> But we went anyways, and um, when we got there, we were so excited, like, here we are, God. But suddenly, I found myself in this really dark season. Like, my youngest started school a year earlier, because that's what they do in Canada. So suddenly, I found my stay-at-home mom life time kind of cut short. Um, my immigration status wouldn't allow me to get a job. Um, and I felt like I was just without purpose. We had taken this epic leap of faith and I'm now I'm sitting here on the couch day after day. And that confusion is just kind of like, God, what are you doing? But what I couldn't see at the time was that God was actually refining me. He was using that season. Um, he was drawing me closer to himself. He was strengthening the deep places within my soul. And then when the work was done, 
it was like all the pieces of my life just kind of came together and it was felt like this the moment was just handed me handed to me straight out of heaven and it was a moment where I got to step into my calling in ministry and we saw a great move of God in Canada so many people coming to faith so many great stories and of God's goodness God was faithful and all the difficulties that I had along the way were worth it for what we got to see and experience him do in our time there. And so now guess what? Here we are, 2020, another leap of faith. God calls us back to California. And guess what? Suddenly I find myself in a dark season, COVID-19, sitting on the couch day after day, wondering what in the world is going on but this time I can feel God doing that deeper work. I can feel him. He's refining me again. And I, I still believe that he's faithful. And I believe it's only a matter of time before we see a great move of God here in Sonoma County. You see, our God is unstoppable. Nothing is too hard for him. He is a master craftsman. His thoughts and plans for you are so precious that they actually outnumber the sand on the beach. So you wanna know how much God loves you, you go to Bodega Beach and count the sand. That's how many good thoughts and plans that he has for you. And if you are a follower of Jesus, the valley is not your destination. You are an overcomer because God is faithful to you and that's what he's making you to be. Do you believe that today? Because the story that you tell yourself is the story that your life will reflect. So what's the story that you believe? Who is God? What is he doing? Why is he doing it? We serve a faithful God who leads us along right paths. And he is with us in the valley. He's there comforting us. He is protecting us. But his destination for you is never the valley. His destination for you is always to overcome. And the scriptures declare God's faithfulness like this. In Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. In in 1 John, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us and make us clean. In 1 Thessalonians 5.24, it says, now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen for he who called you is faithful. And in Philippians, it says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So God's faithfulness to you looks like him building you up from the inside out, despite your mess ups, making you stronger in your valleys, and he's making you into an overcomer. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but this is like the absolute opposite of what our culture is saying to us today. We are living in the days of cancel culture. 
And cancel culture is the opposite of faithfulness. Cancel culture says, you made a mistake, you're done. You got it wrong, you're cut off forever. The difference between cancel culture and faithfulness is that faithfulness never cancels people. It challenges the things that want to cancel people. I've been following Jesus for many years and I am so thankful that he never canceled me from my mistakes. And I wanna let you know that if you have breath in your lungs, his arms are open to you. And when we call to him, he is faithful to forgive us for our mistakes. He accepts us as we are, but his love is too good to leave us where we are. And so how does faithfulness challenge the things that want to cancel people? Well, scriptures give us a couple pictures of this. 2 Corinthians 10.3 says, We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And in Ephesians, it says, we are not fighting against flesh and blood. We're not canceling people, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So what do we challenge? We challenge lies, we challenge oppression, we challenge hatred, we challenge injustice, we challenge rebellious thoughts against God, and we challenge our enemy, Satan, the accuser, in all of his darkness. But we don't cancel people. Let's learn to disagree and still love people. And that's not to say there aren't boundaries that we need to put into place to protect ourselves from being hurt over and over again. But the door to reconcile is always open if both parties are willing to do the work to rebuild the relationship. And I believe this is gonna be one of the most irresistible traits of the church going forward in the days ahead, in the days ahead because um, I believe that we're called to faithfully love people as Jesus did, even when our culture cancels them. Because that's what God does for us. He is faithful to us. So do you have a sense now of God's faithfulness to you? And if you've never experienced God's faithfulness for yourself before, maybe ask him now to show you his faithfulness. Maybe this is what your takeaway is for today. But for those of us who have experienced God's faithfulness, for those of us who have been swimming in the pool for a while now, uh, what does faithfulness look like in our lives as we reflect who God is to others? Because if we've experienced God's faithfulness for ourselves, then now we can express that faithfulness that he's giving us to others. And I just have five quick thoughts about faithfulness and what that looks like in us. And the first one is this, faithfulness means to continue in what God has entrusted you to do. Faithfulness 
means to continue in what God has entrusted you to do. So that means we don't quit God, we don't quit people, we don't quit the work he entrusted to us. When life gets hard, we don't run from God, we actually press into God. We don't pull away. And when people are rude, when people are mean or ignorant, we become unoffendable. When the job that God has called us to do feels like impossible, we do the hard work anyway because we believe that God is the way maker and we continue in what's been entrusted to us. The second thing about faithfulness is that faithfulness means you recognize that life is just a series of moments of trusting God. And if you wait long enough, time will always reveal that God is faithful. So for me, when life gets really stressful for me, I have this, this mantra, this thing that I do. And um, maybe I'm in a valley moment or I, I can't sleep at night. I picture the thing that is stressing me out, the thing that is hard for me to carry. And I say this to God. I say, Jesus, I can trust you with this. And I imagine myself handing this thing, placing it in Jesus' hands. And once it's in his hands, um, I can take a deep breath and I can rest knowing that he is working behind the scenes, that he's doing the heavy lifting that I can't do. The third thing about faithfulness is that faithfulness means to serve those who don't serve you. So oh, this person is difficult to work with. Uh, this person is ungrateful. <laughs> this person is constantly complaining. Well, guess what? This is your opportunity to love like Jesus. You get to become like Jesus. Congratulations. First Peter 4.19 says, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. So when things get hard, we press into God because he is making us into overcomers. The fourth thing about faithfulness is that faithfulness means that sometimes all you have left is obedience. When God doesn't make sense, we take him at his word anyway. Because there are going to be times when you're following God where nothing makes sense. God, this person doesn't deserve kindness. God... This money is all I have left to give. God, it's 2020. What sexual purity makes no sense. God, doing the right thing is going to cost me big time. And let me tell you, any follower of Jesus who is worth their salt has come to crossroads in this, like this in their life. And they have said, God, I'm going to do what you ask because I trust that you know better. I'm going to defy the pressure to do otherwise, and I'm going to take that step of obedience, even when it doesn't make sense, because we trust that he sees the bigger picture and he's a faithful God. Number five, faithfulness means not giving up even after you've failed. You don't have to cancel yourself because God does not cancel you. God's faithfulness means you get to take the test again. So when we first got here from Canada in January, Joel and I had to go to the DMV to retake our driver's tests. 
And um, we got there and they, they said, oh yeah, Christy, you have to retake your written test. And so I started to get a little bit nervous because the last time I did that, I was 16. I have memories of failing and I was just like, okay, I've been driving for years now. I can, I'm sure it's gonna be fine. So I go to the computer to take the test and it was going great. I was flying through the test. I could tell I was close to the end. And then I get these crazy questions like, what is the punishment for evading a police officer? I don't know. Like, I know you don't evade police officers, but I don't know what the punishment is. I don't know what the fines are for not stopping for a school bus. All of these questions, three in a row, I didn't know, boom, failed. Test over. And I'm standing there in the DMV going, how am I going to survive life without a driver's license? I'm panicking. I'm like, I'm going to be stuck at home. I can't drive my kids to where they need to go. And I see Joel across the DMV. And in my panic, I just yell to him, like, babe, I failed my driver's test. And then I could just feel all the eyes of the DMV like looking at me. And I just was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And then this beautiful little voice perks up from behind the desk and says, you can take it again. You can take the test again. And if you don't know the answer, you can skip up to three questions. And I'm like, oh my gosh, thank God. So I was able to take the test again right then. I passed, it was awesome. And you see, the good news is that when we fail, God's faithfulness is not contingent on your faithfulness to him. God's faithfulness to us isn't contingent on whether or not we pass the test. Second Timothy says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot disown himself. So when we fail, there's no need to panic, get up, take the test again, knowing that God's faithfulness is dependent on his strength, not ours. So what does faithfulness look like in your life right now? Is that maybe experiencing God's faithfulness for yourself for the first time? Um, maybe it looks like serving that difficult family member in your household. Maybe it looks like trusting that God's going to make a way in this dead-end situation. Or maybe it looks like letting go of your past mistakes and remembering God's faithfulness to you. I want to close just with a simple prayer today. And maybe those of you who've never prayed before, or maybe you don't have a relationship with God, I want to invite you to, to pray this prayer along with us as well. It goes like this. Father, I believe that you are a faithful God. I want to see and experience your faithfulness for myself. And so, Father, would you show me how to be faithful to others the way that you're faithful to me? In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.